Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling on a very late edition here on Friday night. I don't normally go on at this time. However, due to uh, the additional show that we had today, not only did we have WWE SmackDown and AEW Rampage to talk about, but on top of that, we also had Battle of the Bouts 5. So we had four hours of wrestling and I'm going to make sure to get it all within under an hour here today. Uh, so we're probably going to speed through some things that uh, didn't really matter and we'll make sure to talk about the things that actually really did matter. Um, honestly, you know, I kind of fell a little bit um, in terms of, keep in mind, I was here for four hours watching all of these different programs. I thought that SmackDown today, um, given that it was the first episode of 2023, coming off of last week's episode, which I thought was really good. We had a lot of really, we had a lot to talk about uh, on the, the final SmackDown of the year. I did not feel the same way about this edition of SmackDown. I really wish that there was more to talk about in regards to SmackDown. Um, as for AEW Rampage, I thought it was, um, it was an it, it was your every rampage episode. I only thought that the show that gave me the most today in terms of the show that I enjoyed the most, uh, it was definitely Battle of the Bouts. I thought Battle of the Bouts today kind of gave me the most to actually talk about um, versus everything else. So even though we had four hours of uh, wrestling today, there were only a couple of highlights here and there that I really thought were uh, newsworthy or exciting uh, to actually get into and talk about so even though it sounds like we have so much because of uh, all the time that was spent I do only feel like there's going to be like some key moments to actually go ahead and talk about so we will make sure uh, to get into that here today but uh, before we do I hope everyone is having a uh, good weekend where we're technically about to start the weekend but Friday nights are the best uh, if you're not working <laughs> maybe not for me because I'm working but when I'm not working Friday nights are the best if you have Saturday off, it's phenomenal because it's like you feel like you have all of these extra hours. I don't. I actually got to be up tomorrow at 6 a.m. because I got to go uh, work a show um, and I got to be there super early. So I don't feel anything like that right now. But I hope you guys are having or are going to have a really good weekend. All right. So. We're going to kick things off with SmackDown and then run through SmackDown, uh, Rampage, and Battle of the Bouts. So we're kicking things off with the Bloodline because we always kick things off with the Bloodline. But no, seriously, there was kind of a lot in terms of the, um, with Kevin Owens, uh, some matches that were made for the Royal Rumble as well as for SmackDown next week and some further along, uh, some more further storytelling in regards to the Bloodline, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens and all of that. So we basically clicked off the year with the bloodline in the ring and they go out there and, you know, Sami Zayn is saying how this year belongs to the bloodline. This is going to be uh, their year. You know, they're giving the whole new year, new me uh, speech, practically, at least Sami Zayn is. And Roman, Roman, you know, was not happy because if you guys recall, Obviously, they lost to uh, Kevin Owens and John Cena on last week's episode. So Roman Reigns is clearly pissed off about that. And he tells he tells Sami Zayn, like, I didn't lose. You lost this match for us. So then he starts going off and just like starts screaming at Sami Zayn and letting him have it and really ripping him a new one here. Um, I got to tell you, like, 
here's the thing about Sami Zayn. Uh, we know that he's so good at the facial expression. So whenever he's like sad and like making the really sad faces, it really does bum you out when Roman was like yelling at him and Sammy was like, <laughs> not knowing what to do, looking like really sad SpongeBob. Um, but this was, this was, this was fun. Cause we, I was thinking, oh shit, you know, we've been wondering when exactly is Roman or Sammy, who, who is, whoever's going to turn on the other person. Who and when is it going to happen, right? Uh, there's times where I'm like, oh, it's definitely going to be the bloodline. Then there's times where I'm like, oh, it's definitely going to be Sami Zayn. I had a minor, tiny, like, moment of panic where I thought that this was finally going to come to an end when Roman Reigns started, like, going to town and yelling at Sami Zayn. Because it's been a while since Roman Reigns actually got mad at Sami Zayn. For the most part, the last couple of weeks, Sami Zayn has pretty much been on his good side. Uh, but, but definitely not today. Um, so this before this ends, Kevin Owens comes out and he essentially challenges Roman Reigns to a match at the Royal Rumble. Now, I know you what you guys are thinking. Obviously, this is not their first Royal Rumble matchup together. Um, but yes, we are officially going to get Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. And I know some people may be like, oh, that's nuts, not new, uh, this and that. You know, this is something that we've seen plenty of. But I'm going to be real with you guys. I really love everything that Kevin Owens uh, and Roman Reigns do together. I've loved all of their matches that they've had in the past because they've had plenty of one-on-one -on -one matches. And I'm such a fan of what they do together that I don't even care. I don't even care that this is a match I've seen before. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, at the Royal Rumble, and even with these new dynamics of, you know, the Bloodline and Sami Zayn incorporated into all of this. So I'm looking forward to this, uh, even if some people are like, ah, Cena been there, done that. But I feel like they always, I feel like Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns always find a way to, like, make things different and switch things up. So I'm okay with it. Um, but later on in the night, we do get a uh, backstage uh, we get a backstage promo. We have uh, Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, and Sami Zayn. And Roman Reigns actually apologizes to Sami Zayn for yelling at him. He apologizes to him and admits that Kevin Owens was right, that uh, he's not mad at Owens. I mean, that he's not mad at Sami Zayn. So um, that was a little bit surprising to hear Roman Reigns really be like, oh, yeah, you know what? It's fine. I'm not mad at you. But at the same time, with Roman Reigns, you never really know what he has up his sleeve. So this is kind of what we got here. But they also ended up making a match for next week. We are going to be getting Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. So that's going to be happening uh that's going to be happening next week on SmackDown. And then also another little thing that we got was for the main event of SmackDown, we got uh, the Banger Bros. <laughs> the Banger Bros, which is uh, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre taking on, the, uh, taking on the Usos. During that match, Roman Reigns did not allow Sami Zayn to go back to go to go out during that match. He did not allow him to do that. So that was a little bit suspicious, just a tad bit suspicious. Um, but regardless, um, the match itself too with Sheamus and Drew and the Usos, that one was pretty fun. Uh, there was a lot that kind of went down here. We saw Drew McIntyre. Uh, fly over the top rope. That was fun. Taking out both Usos. We see Drew McIntyre hit the claim more. Um, and he's about to get the win. He's on 
on Jay after hitting him with the with the claymore. But J Jimmy comes in and he ends up pulling the leg, and so that stops the three count. And but later on, we do end up seeing the Usos actually get the win here. So um, this was fun in terms of everything that they did with the Bloodline, and we got two matches that are announced now: one for the Rumble, Owens and Reigns, and then one for next week on SmackDown between. Um, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So that's where we're at right now um, in terms of the bloodline. And this was honestly one of the, uh, definitely one of the highlights of SmackDown because there was a lot that I didn't really uh, think was that great. And we'll get into that. But we got a super chat here from, uh, thank you so much to Carlos Hranika, uh, who says, thanks to uh, thanks for the hardest working woman in wrestling. Thank you so much, Carlos. Uh, it was a long day today, guys. Uh, my day does not start when the show starts. Uh, prior to this, I was, God, I was, you know, I had a meeting, I had to do the videos for the latest and uh, a bunch of other stuff that I have. Uh, so I know sometimes people may think, oh, her day starts when uh, the show starts. But no, I actually have way more responsibilities that happen uh, early on in the day. Like the first portion of the day is all content creation. And then five o'clock hits and I'm watching whatever show is on for that day. And then as soon as that show ends, I'm here to talk about it. So it's literally like nonstop. And then tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow's another busy day. But uh, thank you so much to Carlos for the super chat. Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Sheldon who says, uh, Reigns versus Owens at the Royal Rumble round three. One-on-one -on -one at the Rumble, but we all know Reigns retains probably. Well, Roman has defeated Kevin Owens like all those times. Like Kevin Owens has not that I recall beaten Roman Reigns one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, we have not seen it now. I'm not expecting Kevin Owens. If Kevin Owens were to defeat Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble, I would be freaking shocked, okay? I would be so freaking shocked. Would I hate it? I don't know if I would hate it, but it would definitely throw me for a loop. But at the same time, how many times can you have Kevin Owens lose to Roman Reigns? But at the same time, Roman Reigns is the exception right now. He's not the rule. So we'll see. Uh, thank you so much to Shelton Jackson for sending in this super chat as well. Um, all right. So let's press on from here. Um, <laughs> we got YT who says I'd probably riot. And it's not, here's the thing though. It's not that there's an issue with, um, you know, Kevin Owens becoming champion and this and that. It's just that because we've gone so long with Roman Reigns as champ that, Whenever he does lose, it's got to be like a real big deal. And I think it's got to be a person that, how do I say it? I don't know. It's got to be somebody that we real. it's going to be hard, guys. No matter what, no matter who the person is that eventually defeats Roman Reigns, I feel, and obviously Cody is one of the options, but even then, even if it's Cody or whoever else, no matter what, there is going to be disagreements. There is no way in hell, no chance in hell that everybody is going to agree whenever that moment happens and who it happens with, right? Uh, so even if it is Kevin Owens, I doubt it. I highly doubt it. But just for the arg just for argument's sake, if it is Kevin Owens, uh, as much as we like the guy, I think people would be like, WTF, we waited this long. We went this long with Roman Reigns as champ for this to happen, right? So everybody likes KO, but we know that he's not going to be defeating uh, Roman Reigns. But all we can hope for is a really good match, which we know we'll definitely get. Um, all right, so. Uh, let's go ahead and press on from here. We got Santos Escobar versus Kofi Kingston. And this one here, um, 
So the one thing that I've been wanting to talk about, and I, I've kind of talked about this briefly on other SmackDown shows, is that I kind of feel that, you know, one of my concerns with Santos Escobar is that they tend to keep uh, people like Santos Escobar kind of in the exact same position. Like you never see them go above and beyond a certain point, right? And that's the thing that I've been saying. Like I want to see more. I want to see more of an effort put for Santos Escobar. And when I went into this match, I kind of started getting a little worried where I'm like, okay, Kofi Kingston doesn't need to defeat Santos Escobar here. Like Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods at the New Day, they're so over. They do not, like Kofi Kingston does not need this win whatsoever. But Santos Escobar, on the other hand, he needs this victory. Obviously, he's a heel. Um, and he ended up getting a little bit of help from Legado del Fantasma to kind of help him out with this win here. But he did go in there and uh, he ended up hitting the Phantom Driver uh, to get the win on Kofi Kingston. I was so glad that they actually gave the win here to Santos Escobar because I was so worried that they're just not going to do anything with him. And you know, we, he comes out with, you know, Legado and they look so good and they have a lot of presence. I just want to see them uh, actually build them up as, you know, obviously, you know, a strong heel or something. I just want to see something different, something outside the box for somebody like Santos Escobar. So that's the one thing I'm still banking on that I'm hoping we see. It's been a slow process, but I'm hoping eventually they get there. But uh, this today, getting Santos Escobar to get this win over Kofi Kingston was a really, um, to me, it was a step in the right direction. So we'll see where they go from there. Um, all right, the pitch black match. So if you guys recall, on our last show, they made this announcement that we're going to be seeing Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight at the Royal Rumble in a pitch black match. Now, when they made this announcement the first time, I was here to talk about it, and they didn't give us any information whatsoever on what this match would be. Is this a cinematic match? Or what are they going to do? Are, are they going to be blindfolded? Are the lights going to go out? Are they going to be in some ridiculous setting? What is this match going to be? So they never really told us anything. Well, we kind of got a little bit more, just a tad bit more details uh, here tonight. They really didn't dive into like, oh, this is the match type that it's going to be. But they did make a brief mention that it's going to be uh, no rules, anything goes, and you win either by pinfall or submission. Um, that's it. Other than that, they haven't really said anything else about what we can expect from this pitch black match. So that's just an update on that. Um, all right, this next portion of the show, we got a mixed tag match between Cross, Karrion Cross, and Scarlett teaming up to take on Emma and Madcap Moss. Now, I gotta be real with you guys. I man, I um I've been trying so hard to. I don't want to even say trying so hard. Trying so hard sounds wrong. But I myself want to be a fan of what they're doing with Cross and Scarlet. I want to look forward to Cross and Scarlet on SmackDown. I really, really do. But since the return of Cross and even the feud that they did with Drew McIntyre, I wasn't a fan. And now everything that he's doing with Rey Mysterio and then also kind of embedding this with Madcap Moss and Emma, this has been such a huge miss for me. I have not been interested in this at 
all at all now granted we got to see scarlet wrestle a little bit today that was fun you know like okay what are we gonna expect from scarlet it's not like we see scarlet go out there and you know wrestle often she went in there got a couple of moves but you know it, it was kept very very brief uh cross ended up winning via submission for his team but that was it like there isn't even afterwards, they uh, made sure to uh, put the mask of Rey Mysterio on Madcap Moss and then take out the little tarot card and place it on top of him. And all of that little stuff that they do is cool, right? It's fine. But it's just not clicking, guys. It's not clicking. Uh, I don't know what they need to do, but they need to come up with something because uh, I feel so much of, I don't know. I didn't even want to say like so much of a cross was, you know, the last time I enjoyed Cross in WWE was honestly the stuff that he was doing on NXT. The stuff that he was doing on NXT, uh, I thought was probably the best we had seen from Cross, especially the stuff that he kind of did with Samoa Joe, even though that kind of intertwined with um, the main roster stuff. So it was like, ooh, you know, we got, we're getting the main roster Cross, but we're also getting some pretty good stuff on NXT. So it was like, we're getting these good stuff with Samoa Joe and Cross on NXT. But then on the Raw side of things, it was not looking good whatsoever. So that's the last time I enjoyed Cross in WWE. So I don't know what they got to do, man, but they really got to like come up with something to like spice things up, man. Uh, but the, this mixed tag match, it, it wasn't it. It definitely was not it for me at all. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and... Um, <laughs> Matt Hensley says, I'm more into Madcap Moss than Cross and Scarlet, and that's just a bit sad. And that's the thing about, here's the thing about Madcap Moss, though. I do want to say this. Unfortunately, with Madcap Moss, like, he has a really good look, and when he's a baby, like, when he's a baby face, he tends to kind of get a little bit over. And the and proof of that was, so when he was doing the whole bit with Baron Corbin and they were doing the happy Corbin and all of that nonsense that they were doing with the cheesy jokes and this and that, oh, that was bad, right? Like that was bad. But then when they broke up, people were kind of into Madcap Moss a little bit. It's just hard to get into a guy that they haven't given you a reason to take him seriously. They haven't given you a reason to say, hey, this is why you should be rooting for Madcap Moss. And I'm going to be real with you. I really feel, and I know we're tired of name changes and this and that, but I think they should change the name. I cannot get behind a guy whose name is Madcap Moss. I can't, I can't do it. it. It reminds me of all of the hokey stuff that he did with Baron Corbin when they were making those really cheesy jokes that weren't funny whatsoever. Uh, Vince era, you guys remember. Um, I really, I, I would love to see an entire reinvention of, of Madcap Moss, an entire character reinvention with a new look, uh, new name, everything, but something just different because I do think that he can get the people to have interest in him. We've seen shades of it but um it's just a little hard to get into it right now because i think so much of that still reminds you of the stuff that he did with baron corbin that necessarily wasn't too great so that's kind of where i'm at with that so i got hopes for madcap moss but they got to switch things up just a little bit there um <laughs> we got dark lord <laughs> who just says i remember your i remember it felt, I felt it. I felt it, man. Because if you watch this stuff with Madcap Moss and Baron Corbin, if you sat through this and you sat through, God, I forgot what they were, they were 
oh my gosh when they oh my god what were they calling his lounge thing someone remind me what was the name of their little lounge show oh my god every time we sat through that that was something else like we deserved whoever sat through that live minute by minute and did not change the channel you we deserve some sort of award was it happy talk yt says it was happy talk was that happy talk damn okay if you sat through that minute by minute um you deserve some flowers okay um because that was that was something else that was a whole trip anyways um moving on from here there was a really funny moment and i don't know how many people uh i don't know how many people actually caught this or thought that it was kind of funny but um so they were recapping the events that unfolded with ronda rousey and uh, raquel <laughs> and i was dying at one thing because michael cole brought up the fact that um you know smackdown the, the last episode that they did got their highest rating in like two years right and we all know john cena is the reason for that right okay <laughs> instead michael cole goes and it was because of ronda rousey versus raquel and i'm thinking oh my god what <laughs> like i get it right i get it they want to hype it up and this and that but i'm thinking what did we really just go there did we really just say that um so that was something that i thought was kind of hilarious like low-key i freaking popped at that i was like what everybody what like i thought he was gonna recap something with john cena or something but he was like it was ronda rousey and raquel and i'm like okay thank you everybody remembers happy talk see i blurred it out of my mind i didn't even want to think of happy talk no more <laughs> okay um after this we got a women's title match obviously our new champ the queen charlotte flair she rolled up in style came in driving you know a fancy car looking really great really rich uh you name it she looks phenomenal she went out there and uh she has a match uh, against sonia deville so they kind of had like this funny like little back and forth that got the crowd really going uh she looks great she goes out there with the big giant purple robe that is it looks different than some of the other stuff that she's had in the past a really nice detail i really liked the detail of the robe it was kind of um it kind of looked like a little bit of a spider web kind of but not too strong of a spider web if i recall and then it had like some really nice detailing with like glitter and all of that that was really nice but anyways so we end up kind of getting so charlotte is looking like she's supposed to be she's supposed to be a baby face i think in this like charlotte i'm not too sure what exactly but i feel like charlotte was is supposed to be a baby face in this in this scenario in this situation um because she's going out there and you know she's talking about how uh, she has passion and consistency and dedication for what she does in the ring and you know she's talking about how she's not complacent she's always going to do more command more uh, knock down any obstacle no matter what the fans say or no matter what people think of her she's always going to do these things um and I liked everything she had to say um the only thing is that sometimes it is hard to see Charlotte as a baby face I don't really see Charlotte as a baby face like even when she's saying things that you know you you're like yeah I want to cheer for that you know I'm going to cheer for somebody who's passionate and consistent and dedicated and this and that but it it, it, it is I think the crowd is because there wasn't like when she there were certain things that she said during this promo that should have garnered 
a bigger reaction, like a, you know, a, 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 some applause, some respect, you know, some of that. And we didn't really get that. So I didn't really feel like it was really punching in with the crowd with these particular moments. So uh, obviously we're used to seeing Charlotte in this heel dominant, in this dominant heel role. So I do think it's taking some people just, you know, a little bit of a second to get behind Charlotte in that way. But they are definitely trying for it. So Sonya Deville goes out there. They go. They do some back and forth. They finally get into this match. Um, it's a decent little match that they have. Uh, personally, the other thing that I thought, and I was a little bit torn on this. So Charlie gets the win, clearly. But I was torn on the fact that Sonya Deville is just getting a women's championship match. Like, just like that. Women's championship match. She's getting it. No real like reason no real anything she's just getting a women's title shot so I, a part of me thought damn should we do it that way but then the other part of me was like well i prefer charlotte to be a fighting champion i prefer charlotte to be putting her belt on the line i do prefer for the championship to be on the line so i ended up going with the side of you know what it's better to have the women's championship on the line and have it you know represented well here um but i would but but yeah, so that's kind of where I was with the whole Charlotte, uh, Sonya Deville stuff. I know everybody in the chat's like, get to AEW. Guys, we got to talk about SmackDown too. All right. Um, after this, we did get Ricochet defeating Top Adala. Uh, the update with this here is that, and we already saw shades of this prior to the week before, but um, Hit Row is official. They're officially heels. They're officially heels. And they're kind of going through a little bit of the same thing as Karrion Crosses, where they came in as an act that was brought back by Triple H. But unfortunately, Hit Row hasn't necessarily been, um, I guess you can say, it, it's been a little bit more misses than hits for Hit Row, unfortunately. They've, they've had, they had some good moments. Like, I enjoyed their match at that SmackDown that I went to in Anaheim. That was they had some good stuff in there. Give, keep in mind it was a fatal four, a fatal four, it was four four teams in there. So you know, but, but it was still good. They were in it, <laughs> but everything else has unfortunately not been great with Hit Row. So um, Ricochet defeats Top Dollar. He is officially in the Royal Rumble. So now it's Kofi Kingston and Ricochet are officially in the Royal Rumble, even though Kofi Kingston like submitted himself into the Rumble like two months ago, practically. He was just like, hey, I just want to let you guys know I am going to be in the Rumble. No ands, ifs, or buts. He's in. Um, no qualifier, nothing. Um, I thought that was funny because nobody else has been like, hey, well, if he said it, maybe I should say it too. What am I waiting for? I mean, Top Dollar could have just been like, I'm in the Rumble instead of having to do this qualifier with Ricochet, right? Like that's, it, to me, it's like you either do qualifiers for a bunch of people or you just don't say anything or you just have people randomly throwing it out. It's weird. Anyways, so afterwards they do attack uh, Ricochet and uh, yeah, they attack Ricochet. So they're officially heels and all of that. Okay. I think they needed to do this for Hit Row. They needed to switch them up into heels because the babyface stuff wasn't working. Nothing that they've been doing so far has really been uh, a hit. Uh, Sheldon Jackson says, don't forget about whoop that trick. We had a whoop that trick chant uh, going on during the Charlotte 
Charlotte, Sonia Deville stuff that was going on. And it kind of played into uh, what they were doing with the back and forth. So uh, that was trending on Twitter as well, as you can imagine. Uh, thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson. All right. Um, after this, we ended up getting, actually, I talked about everything. All right, guys, we're done with SmackDown. That was it. We went through it all. AEW Rampage is next. <laughs> all right. So in terms of Rampage, I thought there was one. There was really one match that I legitimately was interested in. One. One that I really thought was good. Everything else was just like, eh, just your every week Rampage, right? Um, so we got Top Flight versus Brian Danielson and John Moxley. This was the match of Rampage. This was the match of the hour, for sure. Uh, this was the best thing. And it's funny because, you know, I'm a, obviously a fan of Brian and John Moxley, clearly. But I'm a fan of Top Flight, too. But even then, I still wasn't, like, completely sold on this match. And maybe, I don't know why I wasn't, for some reason, it was just wasn't, that match where I'm like, when they make the announcement, I'm not going, oh, hell yeah, like, this is the match we're getting. I didn't have that reaction whatsoever. I was just like, okay, this is the match. Cool. I'm going to tune in, whatever. Um, This ended up being a real show stealer for Rampage. It ended up being so much freaking fun. Um, It kind of was a match that, again, I wasn't like going Google Gaga over, but I ended up being like really sucked into it. And I ended up really enjoying this one. It started off very fiery. Uh, we see Brian uh, nail Dante with like a ton of yes kicks. He's going after him. We see Brian lock in the Romero special on Dante and then tr uh, transition into the dragon sleeper. So he has poor Dante in there. Like he's a goddamn pretzel. Uh, so he's doing that. Um, finally, we see, we see both Brian and John Moxley get Darius with strikes from both guys are just freaking kicking the life out of Darius at one point, which was absolutely brutal. And here's the reason why I think I like this match so much was because Brian and John Moxley are very hard hitting aggressive guys. So they don't like, they don't fuck around. Like they go in there and they're freaking like going to town. It doesn't matter if these kids are like half their size or these kids are, you know, younger or whatever. No, they're going to get the same equal beating that it, that Brian would give to John or John would give to Brian. And so they were going out there and giving them this real beat down, but top flight was making sure to kind of, I don't know, just survive it. They were just surviving this. And then they got a couple of moments where they were able to actually, you know, get some offense in on, uh, on Brian and John Moxley. And so at one point we get a really nice and security from, uh, from Darius, which I liked, uh, then, but that doesn't last very long because Brian goes after Darius a few more. And at one point he gets him again with the yes kicks. And then he just starts like yelling at him at one point. I don't even know what he was saying. I think he was just like telling like you want this or something like that. Uh, the crowd's really, really hot for this. We start getting, this is awesome chance. Uh, Dante uh, hits a frog splash on John Moxley, but John Moxley, the second he lands, turns him around and gets him with a bunch of elbows. And then afterwards, uh, we end up seeing Dante get the roll up on John Moxley, but Moxley then gets out of that and hits him with the clothesline, goes for the pin, but he ends up kicking out. So I was like, oh shit. It was a really nice, like little sequence of events that we were getting. Later on, we get a couple more near falls. Brian does the stomp on, uh, on, on Darius and then finally 
finally uh, ends up getting the win for this match. So this one was fun, mainly because you were just seeing all of the pain that like Top Flight was taking. And they were finding all of these ways to, you know, survive, to make it, to try to get this victory. But at the end of the day, they can't uh, overcome Brian or uh, Moxley. So this was so much fun. Uh, this really was a really good opener, a really good one. So uh, thumbs up to them on that one. Sheldon Jackson says, it was nice seeing the two original members of the BCC teaming again since it seems like Brian doesn't hang with the BCC these days on camera. I mean, the BCC has, you know, they lost their, you know, they William Regal was out the door and it's been a little bit, you know, confusing. You're like, well, what's going on with these guys? What's happening? Uh, so yeah, it was nice to get to see them to team up. Uh, thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for the support and for sending in uh, the super chat. Much appreciated. Uh, we got a super chat here from Carlos uh, Hanrica who says, Vince is back in WWE, so we wanted to hear about AEW. Yeah, I mean, that's been the news all day, everyone. Uh, everybody's been talking about Vince McMahon and, uh, you know, everything that's been going on with that. It, it was so crazy how fast everything happened where it was like yesterday we get the Wall Street Journal report of, you know, he's making a play to come back to the company and, you know, for purposes of, you know, wanting to sell, right? So we got that whole story and go to sleep, wake up the next day, bam, the first thing I do when I wake up, open my phone, go to F4W, click on the website and <laughs> bam, right there, front front page story, main story, Vince, Vince returns to the board of directors. And I'm like, Oh my God, it happens literally overnight is what it feels like. And, uh, it's just been nuts ever since guys, like we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, they supposedly, supposedly it's not going to affect these, uh, the day-to-day -day operations, but I don't believe that. And I don't know anybody here who actually believes that. And it may be true for, for today, maybe true for a week, maybe true for a month, but I don't think it's going to be true all the way through. So we'll see. Uh, but thank you so much to Carlos for sending in uh, this super chat. Obviously, we couldn't go without uh, mentioning Vince on here, at least a little bit. And yes, YT says, Denise's prediction is coming true. I can't believe it, guys. And that I ended up posting that clip of my prediction that I made two weeks ago on my prediction video with Sean on my YouTube channel. And I remember telling Sean, because he said my predictions were too crazy. And I said, yeah, they are too crazy. But if one of them comes true, they're going to mean a lot more. And it, it sort of kind of did, at least for yesterday, it did. At least the whole idea, the whole concept is out there of, you know, Vince trying to force a sale of WWE uh, and just all of that. So it's been freaking nuts. But anyways, um. A good start to Rampage. We got Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker taking on the Renegade Twins. Uh, by the way, I want to take a second because this match was really just to get Jamie and Britt a nice win ahead of their, uh, you know, their big matchup at uh, AEW Dynamite in Los Angeles. But before we actually continue on from this match, I do want to put over uh, Charlotte and Robin from the Renegade Twins because I've worked with these girls at Mission Pro Wrestling and they are legitimately the sweetest girls I've ever met. They're so sweet and they work so hard and they have, so I know you haven't been able to see this very much on AEW unless, cause I know they do a lot of dark stuff. Now I don't watch dark. Uh, so I don't know if you've been able to see that on there, but they are so good at being heels. 
they're so good at being bad. And uh, if they ever do get to show that a little bit more on like Dynamite or Rampage, I think you guys will become even bigger fans of the Renegade Twins. I don't know that you guys have probably seen it already on Dark. I don't know, but I've gone in to see so much of their uh, heel work at Mission Pro and they have got it locked down to the T and they are fan favorites fan favorites like these girls are going to be something uh you know within a couple of years or whatever uh, they're going to be something for sure we will be talking about the renegades a lot more in the future um and they've been they've been they've been appearing on aw now for quite some times i mean we've seen um robin robin and charlotte in singles matches big singles matches i think it was robin might have been robin that wrestled brit if i remember correctly i might not be remembering that exactly but that's the point. You're gonna be you're gonna be seeing more of the Renegades for sure. Um, we got a backstage uh promo for the House of Black. They're going out there, and you know Malachi Black's doing his thing, telling the story of a man who carried a gun because he was afraid of the world. Now that same man asked him why he doesn't play with the uh, play play with the rules or something. Uh, all talking about Eddie Kingston, and uh, you know they're. The, the House of Black and what they've been doing right now with Ortiz and Eddie Kingston, it's been fine, but it's been a little bit forgettable for me where I always forget it's an ongoing story until they actually bring it up on the show. It's not like, obviously, if you were to tell me like, Denise, right now, what story are you really interested in? And okay, well, obviously, you know, we're going to talk about, uh, you were going to talk about MJF, we're going to talk about uh, John Moxley and Hangman Page, we're going to talk about, you know, so many other different stuff, right? I never remember that we're doing this with the House of Black and Eddie Kingston. So it's been Ortiz. It's been very, very forgettable for me. So until we get a little bit more than just this, it's not really my thing right now. Like I'm going to look forward to it when they actually do the match. And I forget what, when they announced it for, but they made the announcement. Um, but it has been forgettable on the show. That's where I'm at with this. Um, all right. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, move on from here. And um, let's get into Perro Peligroso. <laughs> we were making fun of this last time because Preston Vance wants to go by Perro Peligroso, but he kept saying Perro on the last show. So we were just like laughing about this. But this is a quick squash. It's uh, Preston Vance versus Sonico. Uh, Sonico, who's making his AEW debut, who is a NorCal uh, indie guy. And this is very quick. Discus Lariat gets the win. That's it. Quick squash. He unmasked him. That's it. Um, fine, I guess. We've been, we've been getting a lot of that on Rampage where it's just like these sometimes we get this like quick squash match and that's it. But given that it's an hour, I get it. I get that they stuff this match in really fast. But this all leads to our main event for the TNT Championship between Darby Allen and Mike Bennett. Now, um, the Kingdom. The Kingdom is another one that, you know, they came into AEW, they made their debut, and we've seen them very sporadically, very sporadically. Uh, they haven't really been like a major featured act on Dynamite or Rampage, so they are kind of along the same boat where uh, you see people come in and then you don't really see them that much. And that's what we've been seeing with the Kingdom. Like, I only recall, like, maybe two moments where we've actually really gotten to see the kingdom on either dynamite or rampage. And I remember the, more of their stuff on rampage. Um, 
So they go back and they show a clip of Mike Bennett actually issuing the challenge to Darby Allen. And so we finally get this match here. Now, the match itself was pretty fun. This match was pretty fun. Uh, there were some good moments in here. We got a nice really rush, uh, a nice moment where uh, Mike Bennett hits a Russian leg sweep uh, to Darby Allen to the outside of the floor. It looked really cool. I was a fan of that. Darby going in with the missile drop kick. Uh, we got people chanting, uh, this is awesome. There's a moment where Darby Allen is about to do the uh, coffin drop onto Mike Bennett. But Maria Canales ends up throwing herself in there and getting in the way and like trying to block Darby from actually executing the coffin drop. But then Darby's like, nah, screw it. I'm going to go for it anyways. But he doesn't. Uh, he gets blocked from doing that. Um, finally, we do later on see Darby hit the coffin drop and get the win here, which was expected since this was his first uh, defense as because since becoming TNT champion once again. So there we are. A nice first defense for Darby Allen, and it got Mike Bennett on Rampage. Cool. Thumbs up all around. Um, we got people saying uh, YT says forgot the kingdom were in AEW. But it's true, though. It, it is true. Honestly, you, they came in, and we haven't really seen much of them. So it is hard for me sometimes where we get people that come in and we're, you know, we, you get these little reactions here and there, but then you don't see them afterwards. But then afterwards they're put in these matches and you're just like, you're just supposed to care. Right. And that is where I do kind of find a little bit of a struggle there where I'm like, why should I, you know, I know that this match is going to be good. I know this match is going to be fun, but at the same time, like, why should I really uh, care about this match? If I haven't seen much of the kingdom on AEW, I haven't seen much of Mike Bennett in AEW and it goes for like a bunch of people, not just them, but for some people that we don't get to see that often that we don't get to make that, uh, you know, that connection with, right. So that's kind of where I was at, but either way, it did turn out to be a nice little main event there. Um, all right, so we are going to go ahead and uh, move on from now. We're going to get into Battle of the Bounce, which I thought was definitely the best thing from tonight. Uh, yeah, definitely better than Rampage. That had gave us so much more to talk about than SmackDown. So I did think Battle of the Bounce uh, 5 was the highlights, the highlights hour of the four hours of wrestling that I sat through today. Um, all right, so we kicked off the, the, the day, the night, the show, with the AEW Tag Team Champions, the Acclaimed, who came out to a really massive reaction from the crowd, from the Portland crowd. Uh, they really popped for the Acclaimed. Uh, that really came through. They took on Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Now, this is the second match that they've had this week uh, they wrestled on Dynamite, and we saw how all that went down, and they're back again here today. But this time, it's a no-holds-barred match. Now, um, we did get a Vince McMahon mention during the show because we ended up having Max Caster, who does his raps like he normally does. He comes out, and he basically throws a line at Jeff Jarrett saying that Jeff Jarrett is worse than Vince McMahon. Um I wasn't expecting that line at all. Uh, I wasn't even expecting to hear the mention of Vince's name. I thought they were going to stick to all the stuff that they've been doing with uh, with Jeff Jarrett's wife and Kurt Angle and all of this other stuff that they've been talking about. That's where I thought the rap was going to go with again today and also the mentions of like TNA, Ring of Honor and all of that. But no, today we got a Vince McMahon mention in the acclaimed rap. Uh, so that was kind of a, a I don't want to say unexpected, but I don't know. 
I don't know if you would consider that unexpected. Regardless, I didn't see it coming. At least not, not specifically today. Um, anyways, so we had some really fun moments during this one. Uh, early in the match, there was a moment where Letho gets the figure four leg lock on Bowens on the top of the ramp. And they end up, Bowens ends up countering, like, countering it and they end up going down the ramp uh while still in the submission and they just go roll down the ramp so it was kind of a fun visual to see um we see max caster do a bunch of Kurt Angle spots to Jeff Jarrett. So that was kind of funny. Um, there's a moment where Bowens actually gets a visual pin in this match, but the referee is out of sight. Uh, we get another referee who comes in. Um, but then afterwards, there's a moment where Jeff Jarrett is going to use the guitar uh, to get a guitar shot on Bowens. But instead, Bowens ends up getting a boom box and then Billy Gunn gets involved. He ends up getting a hold of this guitar and uh, he takes the guitar away from Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett is like begging him not to get him with the guitar shot. And then instead, uh, Billy Gunn turns around and he hits uh, Satnam Singh right with the guitar shot and Satnam Singh's huge. So he like barely like goes down. He doesn't like fall to the ground or anything like that. Um, finally, we see the acclaim take out Jeff Jarrett. We see Satnam choke out uh, the referee. He chokeslams the referee, uh, takes him out. And then we get a little bit, if this wasn't in a hot mess already for you, it kind of gets a little messier from here. Uh, Sanjay Dutt then ends up putting on the referee's t-shirt after Satnam uh, chokeslammed him. So he puts on the referee's t-shirt and Jay Lethal hits the lethal injection and Sanjay starts to go like he's going to start counting the one, two, three. He almost counts the win, but instead Aubrey comes out. She runs out there and she starts yelling in his face, you know, telling him, like, you're not a, you can't do this. Like, you're not a referee. She breaks the man's pencil, pushes him. And I'm starting to think at this point, I'm like, oh my God, they're about to break out here in a fight between the referees. Uh, but she pushes him and then uh, takes over the, the official's duties. And we end up seeing the mic drop and the acclaim win this match. Um, this was a hot mess, but it was so much fun to watch. I actually thought that the way that it all turned out ended up being really exciting and the crowd reacted to everything. Like there wasn't one moment where people were like, oh, this is really bad. No, they didn't have any of that. Like people were enjoying for the most part, everything that happened and it all went by so fast. So I think that's also what made it uh, easy to enjoy. So this was good stuff, man. Um, it's funny because I remember, and y'all, some of you were here. I remember when Jeff Jarrett debuted into AEW and everybody was pissed off. Everybody. My chat was pissed off. The comments were pissed off. Twitter was pissed off. Everyone was pissed off. And, well, not everyone, but a good majority of people. And I remember coming on to this show and being like, you know what? I'm excited for Jeff Jarrett. I got so much hate for that. Everybody was so mad at me. But look at this now. Things are getting better. We're seeing some entertaining stuff. Um, and I said that things would be that things would work out. Um, so I, I feel like I, 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 you know, I'm just happy. I'm happy. There were some moments that were not that great. Let's be real. There were some moments that weren't that great. I'm not gonna lie to you. There were some bad moments a little bit from from the debut to now. 
but I would say that things are definitely uh, picking up a whole lot more. At least this stuff is getting very excited. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> YT says, I turned on you for it. I remember how many people were so mad at me that day. And I didn't even, I didn't even read the comments that day. I'm like, I'm not even going to read the YouTube comments. I already know everyone's going to be pissed that I defended uh, Jeff Jarrett being an AEW. And I knew it. I knew it. I knew I had an unpopular opinion, but you know what? I'm feeling better about it. I'm feeling better about it now. All right. The book of Hobbes. Um, so we've been getting all of these, uh, vignettes for powerhouse Hobbes and I've been liking them so far. Like they've been, you know, really just showing a little bit of who he is and where he came from and all of that. But today, today I've I just wanted to start laughing so loud because Hobbs goes out there and he, he does a backstage vignette and uh, he's doing his promo and he's like, he's holding the book, right? So he's got his book and he's like, every single thing that has ever happened to me is in the book of Hobbs. And I'm like, bro, so it's your diary. <laughs> like, I didn't really understand what the book of Hobbes was. I actually thought, and I'm not sure because I'm not like religious or anything, but I thought it was maybe like a biblical reference or something that I didn't know about. Um, so I really wasn't too sure what the book of Hobbes was all about, but now I get it. It's the man's journal. It's a joke by the way. But anyways, if you really think about it, he did say that everything that's ever happened to him is in the book of Hobbes. So it's a diary. We are getting the diary of Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, <laughs> all right. Main of, oh, not main event time. Actually, we got a really good one here. So, TBS champion Jade Cargill defends her title against Sky Blue. Now, for the most part, a lot of the stuff that they've been doing with Jade Cargill has kind of been rinse and repeat. They've been kind of having her have a lot of the same matches. So for the most part, we kind of already know what to expect from Jade Cargill matches, right? And Sky Blue, uh, who's not a featured, like, you know, who's not like a featured, featured, uh, you know, mate, a woman on the AEW brand. Um, for the most part, they girls that are in that spot just go in, they get a couple of maybe one or two spots here and there, and that's it, right? Like there isn't that much. This time, they actually did something different here. They the, the layout, obviously, we still got the same outcome with Jade Cargill getting the win, but the layout of this match felt a lot more different in the sense that, uh, first of all, it was longer, and they also gave Sky Blue a whole lot in this match. Like, this was one of the things that I was talking about. God, I forgot when. At some point, like, not too long ago on one of these podcasts, I was talking about how when you do these matches, it was for the women. I forget which match it was that I was talking about. It was, it was a recent women's match that they did. But I remember coming out here and saying, like, if you're going to do this, like, maybe start building up some of these women. Like, maybe start doing something that feels a little bit different because you could kind of already predict what you're going to get with certain matches, right? And so this time, they actually gave Sky Blue an opportunity to shine, an opportunity to show a little bit more, even some moments where you were like, hmm, obviously we knew she wasn't going to defeat Jade Cargill, but there were some moments where you were like, well, what if, you know? Um, so 
right at the beginning, we should have known that this match was going to be a little bit different because right at the beginning, Sky uh, got Jade with two very quick near falls, like right at the start. But then she continues on. We see her do the head scissors. We do her see. Uh, we see her do an insiguri. We see her. Uh, one point, she just gets brutally kicked with a pump kick from Jade Cargill, which looked phenomenal. Red Velvet comes out, and I'm thinking, oh, man, this is really going to take away from the match right now because, you know, they've been beefing Jade and Red Velvet again. And uh, But instead, she just slaps Layla Gray, and that kind of takes care of itself. Um, Sky continues on the action in the ring. She super kicks Jade. Jade, uh, she ends up, uh, Sky ends up hitting her with the code blue. And uh, they get a little bit more of a back and forth. The finish was a lot of fun. We got, you know, just some really nice back and forth between both uh, Jade and Sky here. And eventually Jade hits the Jaded and she gets the win. But even though Jade wins in this match, you were kind of left feeling like, damn, I just saw maybe a different version of Sky Blue. Or maybe just, you know, we got a little bit more from Sky Blue this time that a lot of us, you know, we've been talking about this so many other times when Sky Blue has wrestled on AEW. We've said, like, you know, she's going to be somebody. Uh, she's got potential. But that was kind of it because that's all they really showed. And the fans, I feel, already were liking Sky Blue because they'd seen shades of what she can do in the past. But we didn't actually get much more of that. Like, you knew it was there, but we weren't actually seeing it. And today we did get that. So I feel like they just need to keep that going, man. They need to keep that going. They need to keep giving her uh, and other people, you know, opportunities to just do something different than the same layout of a match like that was the reason like that was part of the reason why I couldn't really get into AEW dark because when I would go to the shows and granted I've only seen dark on the shows that I've been to um I kind of felt like we were seeing a lot of the same matches over and over where you watch one episode and you can pretty much figure out the formula for what they're doing for those matches. And I kind of didn't like that we were seeing some of that bleed over on Rampage. And that kind of made me go, oh man, like that's not good, right? But if they do stuff like this where it feels a little bit different and it doesn't feel like the same formula that they do on those shows, it, it just, it's, it's just so much better. I went on Twitter. Everybody was talking about this match. And that's not, you know, that's not something you see all the time. So I thought they did a really good job with this one. Um, Uriel Landeros, thank you so much to Uriel who tunes in right now, says, uh, shout out to Sky and Jade. That match was lit. Uh, thank you for the super chat. And I completely agree with you. Uh, it was a good one. Uh, thank you to Uriel. Um, all right. So. Now, the main event um, was the AEW All-Atlantic Championship match, Orange Cassidy defending against Kip Sabian. Um, this one to me was another one of the situations where earlier when I was talking about Matt Bennett, uh, Mike Bennett, excuse me, was somebody that we don't, I was thinking about Matt Taven for a second. Um, so I just put in their names together. Um, anyways, earlier when I was talking about the kingdom, I was saying how, you know, if you're not seeing these people often, it is a little hard to kind of get invested in them when they get these opportunities. And that's kind of how I felt with Kip Sabian. Um, you know, they've been showing that leading up into this match, we've been seeing a little bit more of him, but prior to this, it re really wasn't there. So we end up getting this match and I really wasn't like over the moon about this one. Like when I looked at the card, this wasn't something that I was excited about it really wasn't but I do want to give them a lot of credit because this match ended up being so much more better than I expected it to be quite frankly um they did a lot in this one but just to kind of um 
fast forward a little bit to the end and what we got in here, uh, there were some fun moments. Like there was one moment where Orange Cassidy just got Kip Sabian with like a bunch of rights and then Kip Sabian like literally just out of nowhere, bam, gets him with a really brutal headbutt that looked really good. And then after that, after the headbutt, he goes in for a knee strike and then he gets him with two more knee strikes. And it was that moment where I thought, huh, you know what? I'm starting to get into this match. That's when I was, obviously it was a little bit more towards the end, but they had a nice little build up to that point. Um, and then we end up seeing the best friends come out because the, the butcher and the blade had gone out there. So they end up getting the butcher and the blade with some chair shots. So you're thinking like, okay, well, what's going down with the best friends? Some stuff has been looking a little bit um, unclear for the future of the best friends, right? Uh, Kip hits a corkscrew neck breaker goes for a pin and it's another near fall and finally for this is what i thought was going to be the finish so we see i was looking at the clock so i'm like okay time's almost up because you know i got a show to get ready for right so i thought this was the finish here orange cassidy hits a ddt and then he um ends up hitting kip sabian he ends up kicking kip sabian and then afterwards he gets him with the beach break after the beach break, I thought this was it. I'm like, all right, here we go. One, two, three, call it a day. I'm going to go on to do this show. When he actually kicked out of the beach break, I was completely taken aback by that. I was not expecting that. We did end up seeing Orange Cassidy get the win here, but I legitimately did think that it was going to happen after that beach break. Uh, so either way, they, they gave me some moments here where I'm like, you know what? For a match that I did not care for, uh, I did end up getting interested in it. And that's all you can ask for. Uh, I I like when that happens, when there's matches that I'm not like going, this is a match I really want to see. And then it ends up being good. So there you go. That's That was uh, AEW Battle of the Bouts. Definitely the highlights uh, for tonight on SmackDown was everything that they did with uh, Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. That was definitely the highlight there. Um, and then for Rampage, the highlight was Top Flight and uh, Brian and Mox. And for Battle of the Bouts, um, the No Holds Barred match was a highlight, as well as the Sky Blue Jade Cargill match and also the main event. So we kind of got a little bit more there. Uh, but I ended up enjoying uh, Battle of the Bouts a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, all right. So there you go, everyone. That was SmackDown Rampage and Battle of the Bouts. Uh, before I go, uh, just a couple of just quick announcements. Uh, for those of you who are new here and you're like, when does Denise go live here on this channel? Well, I'm live on Tuesdays to talk about NXT and those are those shows are starting to get a little bit more fun. I feel like, uh, I feel like we kind of got a lot of people that if they watch NXT, they actually watch every single week. So it is kind of cool to see that dynamic like in the chat and whatnot. Then AEW Dynamites on Wednesdays. That is my most popular show of the week. And granted, the better the show, I feel like we get so much more to talk about. So Wednesdays is AEW Dynamite. I go live immediately after. And then Fridays, I'm here for SmackDown and Rampage. And apparently today, also Battle of the Bouts. Uh, so that's where we're at for the week. Um, I seriously want to thank you guys so much. If you tuned in and you enjoyed the show, um, thank you so much for tuning in. It really means a whole lot to me uh, whenever people give me a chance to come in here and just check out the show and have a good time and really just chat about wrestling really late on a Friday night. Uh, so thank you guys so much. And I really hope you have a, a fabulous weekend. Goodbye, everyone.